a little truth there, a little humor there. That's not the kind of offenses we're talking about, petty offenses. There are real offenses in the earth. Who would agree? I mean, there's offensive smells in the earth. Maybe you drove through an offensive smell on the way here, but you don't have to sit here all offended by the cloud that you drove through, right? There's offensive people, but they don't have a right to control your life by holding on to the hurt that they did either intentionally or unintentionally to you. Yes, but they were close to me. Well, people that are close to you are really the ones that can offend you the most. You know, if a stranger gives you an obscene gesture, it can, you know, bother you, make you think crazy thoughts, but it doesn't ruin your day, right? But if it's someone's close to you, it does. So those close to you, when we're talking about offenses, we're talking about those who offend you or are close to you. David said in Psalm 41.9, Yes, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate at my table, has lifted up his heel against me. So it's those that are close to us that can really get to us. Yes, but it involves my child. Well, the cross involved God's child. Talk about offensiveness, right? And yet he chose through that offense to bring redemption to the world. Have you found 1 John chapter 4? Beginning with verse 7, we used to sing 7 and 8 in my younger days. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Yep, King James. He who loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Verse 9. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Reminds you of John 3.16, doesn't it? In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, that is the full payment for our sins. Beloved or beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In the context of being offended by folks, Maybe you need to dig in to just how much God loves you and gain an understanding of the grace of God. And when someone cusses you out or dishes you or slanders you, you can just stand up and say, that ain't me. I don't know who you're talking about. You know, not going to get to me. I know who I am. I am loved. No one, verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. If we love God, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. Who's thankful for the Holy Spirit? The invisible God in us. Verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him, and he in God. 
And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, who is he? He is love. So are we in this world. Are we known as a people of love? Now this love is agape love. It's the highest form. It's sacrificial love. It's love that's fully expressed even when there's not a reason for it to be expressed. As he is, so are we in this world. That's a high calling. Who, who, who's ready to accept that calling? As he is, so are we in this world. And therefore, we'll have boldness on the day of judgment. You won't be afraid. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You know, we're not talking about worry and anxiety in this series, but really we are. If our love, which works by faith, works by love, if our love is strong, and we know that we are loved, like dominoes, all kinds of other things fall away and stop annoying us. If we're easily offended, then we're going to be easily worried. We're going to be easily made to be fearful. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Well, I don't hate anybody. I'm just offended. Well, keep holding on to that offense, and it will fester and become bitterness and will lead to hatred, I believe. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. But he, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Yep, the person that annoys you the most is made in the image of the one who loves us the most. This is the commandment, and this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. That is foundation. Going all the way back to the Torah. The great commandment, the two commands upon which the whole Old Testament hangs is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as our self. Well, I'm going to love myself first, then I'll love my neighbor. No. As you love yourself, love your neighbor. So start loving yourself in a healthy way, but love your neighbor in the process Treat them the way you want to be treated. The golden rule, do unto others as you have them do unto you. Chapter 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. So we love the Father who sent the Son and we love the Son who was begotten of him. 
By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. So loving God is more than just singing a love song to him. It's living a life that expresses what we sing. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And if you believe he is the Son of God, then you believe God so loved you that he was given for you. As you bask in the understanding of that love, it is to generate an appreciation in your heart that makes us more loving. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that your word would speak to us in such a way that you are pleased. God, we want to live lives that please you. We know, Lord, that you love us and you care for us like we are, but, Lord, you love us and you care for us to not leave us the way we are. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're our guest today, we've been in a series called Unoffendable. It doesn't mean that things in life are not offensive. It does not mean there's no such thing as offensive people. This isn't name it and claim it, blab it, grab it, kill it and chill it, pronouncing there's no more offensive people in the world. No, that's not true. But we are not going to be easily offended as we grow in the grace and understanding of God's love for us. So today we're going to talk about real love for real offenses. We say that. Not the petty things we saw portrayed in the video, but real offensive things real love for that. God himself is love personified. He who does not love, verse 8 of 1 John 4, our text, does not know God, for God is love. This is who he is. Verse 16, God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Number two, his love, God's love, moved him to give his best Yes, this is Christianity 101. For God so loved the world. How much did he love the world? He so loved the world that he gave, let's read it together, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. The world is already condemned. That's already happened. But Christ came as the lifesaver to the drowning to bring life. Why do we give out free peppermint lifesavers? Three reasons. To communicate the fact that Jesus is our Savior, right? Also to enhance our fellowship that we have in the mornings. Who knows about coffee and things like that? But also, if someone chokes on it, theoretically, they could breathe through that hole. Because <laughs> nobody dies at generations. <laughs> Number three, God's love is demonstrated to the unworthy. Romans 5. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the demonstration of love. If you were a jewelry salesman, would you show off your diamonds on a glass table? 
People try to do it, but I guarantee you there'll be lights under the table to try to make it sparkle to show the contrast. But normally they'll show it against an opposing color, an opposing texture, one that is opaque that will not let light shine through to allow light to hit the diamond and show it off. That's how God's love is shown. To those that are unworthy, here comes the love of God. Yes, but some people don't appreciate it. It's true, but his love still shines, which shows that much more he loves. And he calls to repentance. Number four, his love shows grace to wrongdoers. I love this. Romans 5 goes on to say, verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, he's talking about Adam, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, who's the last Adam, abounded to many. So one man's sin brought sin into the world and may affected by all his descendants. Just like if you just suddenly quit your job, your family is going to experience the consequences of your action. So as Adam's family, yes, we are all the Adam's family, we are, <laughs> well, where did that come from? <laughs> we are under the consequences of his sin. But Christ came, not the son of the first Adam, but the son of God, and came as the last Adam and offered a relationship with himself through faith. And as the last Adam, he received the consequences of Adam's sin and died for our sins. Verse 16, the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense, he ate the forbidden fruit, resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. One offense condemned us. Many offenses, this is the miraculous love of God. Many offenses, what are they? Well, death, torture, murder, unjust, so-called justice, perjury, slander, libel, just take your pick, betrayal, abandonment, shaming, theft. He watched them tear up his clothes and give them away. And through all those offenses comes justification. Talk about reversing the curse. That is the gospel in a nutshell. His love shows grace to wrongdoers through many offenses. Here comes justification for sinners. And finally, such love is to be shown through us. Oh, no, I didn't see that coming. God himself is love personified as he is, so are we to be in this world. His love moved him to give his best. We are willing, supposed to be willing, to give our best for the benefit of others. His love is demonstrated to unworthy people. Our love is demonstrated to unworthy people. His love shows grace to wrongdoers. You maybe you felt like you've shown grace by not killing someone, but maybe the love of God would move you to do something beyond just not killing them, but you know, maybe a gift of some sort. 
I don't know. This kind of love is to be shown through us. Jesus came declaring this kind of love. This is what he's about. Do not shortchange yourself and look at the sayings of Jesus as, oh, there's the hard sayings of Jesus, and throw them in the Sermon on the Mount bucket. No, this is the Word of God made flesh come and telling us how to live. Well, I should have stayed home today. Well, you didn't. So now you won't have an excuse when you stand before God when, says, when he says, I told you. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was a popular saying in that culture. And it's practiced in ours even though we don't say it. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah, I'm going to pray fire down from heaven. That's not what he's saying. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. Who likes to watch sunsets? Who likes to watch sunrises? Different people. He does that for us and for those who are evil. And he sends rain on the just and unjust. Who could use some more rain? It will happen, and when it does, guess what? Your neighbor that is so annoying will get it too. That's the love of God that we are to express. Real love for real people, including real offenders, to be shown through us. Well, I, I, I'm really justice-minded. Well, join the police and help keep order in our culture. They are God's servants according to Romans 13. But don't become a vigilante and take matters into your own hands. Real love for real offenses. Jesus went on to say, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, who's been forgiven? See, God loves the unworthy. Right? But the joy that comes from being forgiven is going to get blocked up. There's going to be the plumbing of God's grace in your life is going to not be enjoyed if you don't extend that grace to others. Freely you've received, freely give what he said well i don't believe that well are you a believer is he the son of god did god send his word made flesh to speak meaningless platitudes he said it so deal with it forgiveness is so important watch this forgiveness is a very crucial topic in this film Jesus says, if you do not forgive others, then I will not forgive you. And that's a very sobering thing for him to say. Forgiveness has everything to do with you. It frees you up. It often feels safer to stay in the cocoon you have created of resentment and bitterness. You're all by yourself in there. But what you don't know about that wall is that it may be keeping you in, but it's keeping love out. It's keeping connection out. It's keeping relationship, which is what we as humans were created for, from being able to flourish. I think what people will identify with is that no matter where they've been, what they've done, 
the, the mess ups, the break ups, the foul ups, that there is a God that is in love with them, that is willing to receive them, that has his, his arms wide open to them. All of us have messed up in numerous ways. For God to say, I will forgive all of it, trust me and come to me. And then for us to turn around for one thing or two things in somebody's life and say, I will refuse to forgive you. Wow, we, we're, we can't put our standard over what the Lord does. You know, who are we to say I refuse to give forgiveness when God offers us forgiveness that we don't deserve? I think that forgiveness is cemented in our hearts when we actually extend not just grace in theory, but kindness practically to the person who has offended us. It's hard to do, but it is possible with God's help. I think we've been set up. Yes, but you don't understand. He does. Yes, but this was real. That's what we're talking about. Yes, but it was someone really close to me. My parent, my spouse, my child, it was... My neighbor, my brother, my family, my fellow church member. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Those that are close to us can offend us the most. That is how this scripture is applied. That's why God uniquely chose the word neighbor, and then Jesus said your neighbor is anyone in need. And while the person may not be wounded on the side of the road like the man in the parable of the Good Samaritan, it's one wounding people and putting them in the side of the road that need God's love shown to them. Yes, but it involved my child. Oh my goodness, I didn't think of that one. What am I thinking? Wait a minute. The many offenses that God has used to bring justification to sinners were committed against the Son of God. The highest possible offense were committed to His Son. The planet should have melted at that point. You could see the angels, Father, just let us go. We'll take it. That's love. We're called to know Jesus in the fellowship of his sufferings. What about the Father's suffering? Can God be wounded? Can he be grieved? Can he be hurt? No. When it involves our child, that's a pain on a whole nother level because we want to Spare our children, right? But if we spare them of everything, will they really mature as adults? I was speaking to my son-in-law the other day about helicopter parenting. He says, man, we've moved beyond in our culture, beyond helicopter parenting. We moved into lawnmower parenting. I said, what is that? That's picking up everything out of the grass so you don't hit it with your lawnmower. That's picking up every possible thing your child could trip over so that they don't get hurt. That's not taking the training wheels off their bicycle. That's crippling the kid, right? 
When we moved to Granbury in the summer of 92, our daughter and son started school here. Son, our son went to Oakwoods Elementary. He went into uh, fourth grade, and our daughter went into her freshman year at Granbury High School. During that year, she joined a club sponsored by a local benevolent group. If I told their name, you would have heard of them, like the Lions Club, but not the Lions Club. And uh, she went to a conference. Her mother went with her to that. And there she learned things like goal setting and certain things that helped her for the rest of her life. She still uses this to this day. She really loved this club. It was a bright spot of her freshman year. Her sophomore year came, and in the midst of that year, the president of the club uh, moved away or the position was voided, and so Summer ran to be president of this club, and she won the election. She came home. She was so happy. President of this club. This is awesome. Next day, she came home heartbroken. The election was declared a do-over. And uh, she said, Dad, I've been impeached. Heartbroken. Well, what happened? A mother, in, a mother who was one of the sponsors of the group wasn't happy that her daughter wasn't allowed to run for president due to a technicality. And so she pursued uh, action and got permission to allow her daughter to run. So she just basically used her influence in the community to void out the election and have a do-over. So, well, honey, run again, we told her. Run again, do what you did before, and uh, surely the students will see, you know, what this mom is doing. Well, this woman's daughter promised them the moon. We're going to do this, that, and the other, and we're going to have a magazine thing she never did. Never published the first page of a magazine, but she was so good that Summer voted for the girl. <laughs> she came home heartbroken because she had been president, and then she wasn't, and now she for sure isn't. But she's just going to have to deal with it. Well, Daddy wasn't happy. So I go down to the high school. I'm going to clean house. I'm going to get to the bottom of this injustice. You guys weren't you know, in existence with our tax dollars to hurt and wound kids. You're here to educate them and all that. And when the principal saw me coming and caught wind of it and told his secretary, I can't see him till after Christmas. <laughs> well, I didn't want to wait till after Christmas because then I would look really petty, right? Then I'm, then I'm wounding someone else's child as well. No, we're going to deal with it today. Thank God I didn't have any guns. I still don't have any guns anyway, but that's another subject. So they put me in with an underling, an assistant principal. Bless his heart, he has to listen to me whine and groan and complain. And after I'm done venting, he says, there's nothing we can do. These clubs have to have a teacher that's a sponsor just so they can use the school facilities, and we make room for them, and it's a good thing. Yes, it is, but... Uh, we can't fix this. So I went home feeling like a loser and little girl's knight in shining armor, daddy, was a failure. I was just going to have to suck it up cupcake. So I did. Well, the next year uh, uh, was coming and she knew another position would be open where she could be a regional 
ambassador for that club to other school campuses in this part of Texas. And that brought comfort to her heart because they promised her that position. Well, the next year came, and they voided out the club and made it not a girls-only club, but now it's going to be a boys and girls club. Not the boys and girls club, but a boys and girls club with a different name. So she came home heartbroken again. Yvette was always so good to help mother her through to healing and courage to move forward. All right. If I had jerked her out of that club, I would have gone against her will. She didn't want to quit the club. And if I hadn't let it go, I would have kept her in an offended state, and she wouldn't be the woman she is today. So getting offended for your child does not necessarily help your child. Our daughter went on and got a degree in nursing and went back to school and got a a doctorate degree in nursing and delivers babies as a certified nursing midwife at Harris Methodist downtown. I'm not bragging on her so much as I'm saying I would have probably prevented that from happening if I'd made her quit that school and made a really ugly scene and, you know, put ads in the paper about the injustice and all that stuff. There is a place for let it go, let it go. Little girls all over the nation are telling us, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. This is not being practiced by our media. What happened to the days of reporters going out and actually doing work on the street? Reporting on things that happen. That's still happening, but because it's 24-7 now, they have to do something to fill those slots. So they, they fill a desk with experts who rant and rave all day long about stuff to be offended by. Dumb stuff, good stuff, bad stuff. And if you watch it long enough, you'll wind up in an offended state and your vision will be clouded and you'll miss out on the mission that God has for you, which is to show real love to real people, even those who commit Real offenses. I know it's a scary thing to show love. It's a risk. It may be, it get thrown back in your face. But as he is, so are we in this world. God will just say, welcome to the club, boy. Now you know what it's like, girl. It's what they do to me. But it's what we are called to do. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your word would bring life, bring life, bring life, and love through us. Today, Lord, give us a strategy on how to love the unloving, how to be compassionate to those that have no compassion, how to be merciful so that we can obtain mercy to those who are unworthy of mercy. Help us, Lord, to be you to people who seem to be the devil. Help us to have your perspective. Help us, Lord, to give our children to you and to really surrender all to you. It's all in your court. Help us, Lord, to make room for you in every difficult situation and to be obedient to what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.
tasted the joys of reconciliation? How about the sorrow of the need of reconciliation? At my door, when I come home, I see it, and when I leave, I see it, is a painting of a, 
a figure representing Jesus done by a woman who used to attend church here. They live in Fort Worth named Kathy Quest. And it's a side view of Jesus. There's gold in front of him, and there's burnt orange and red behind him. And the verse that inspired the painting is from Hebrews 12 that says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. For the joy set before us, we endure the cross. For the joy set before us, we endure the potential continued humiliation by those that will repel our attempts to show love. When that happens, don't retaliate. Don't get offended. Just make room for Jesus. and Let it happen. It's so important. If we don't, we'll become vengeful, bitter people. It will cripple us. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, David says, is there anyone left of the household of Saul that I can show kindness to? Now Saul had done nothing but cause him grief the last years of his life. And it was a grandson, a son of Jonathan, who was actually crippled because of Saul's hatred for David. That's a whole other story. His name was Mephibosheth. They found him living in a place called Lodabar in a cave. And they went and got him and brought him to the king's house. And he sat at David's table and gave him a place in the family. So sitting at the table, you didn't know he was crippled. Leland's song, I've been carried to the table. Awesome song. It was inspired by that story. That was 2 Samuel 9. 2 Samuel 10 a neighboring nation, the nation of Ammon, lost their king. He died. And David again said, I want to show kindness. So he sent a delegation of leaders to represent him and the kingdom of Israel to show honor to the king of Ammon who had died. The prince, who's now the king, was persuaded by his court that David's up to no good. So they humiliated this delegation. They shaved off half their beards and they cut holes in the backside of the garments to where their butt was showing and sent them home with half beards and a shameful clothing. So they sent them home like this, you know. David caught wind of it and sent word, guys, stop in Jericho and stay there until your beard grows out to a presentable level. Of course, there they got their prayers, their clothes repaired. Well, David had been slapped in the face, right? He wanted to show kindness, and how offensive is that? So he took vengeance, man. Ammon knew they were in trouble, so they contacted the, the Syrians. It's an amazing story, 2 Samuel 10. Contacted the Syrians to come and help him, and Israel whipped both of them. Great victory, right? Chapter 11 says, in the new year, when kings go to war, David stayed home and went on his roof and watched his neighbor's wife taking a bath. The rest is history. It followed on the tales of being highly offended. It's there in your Bibles. So deal with your offenses, lest you become offensive yourself. Amen? May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord.
causes his face to shine upon you and he is gracious to you. The Lord lifts up his countenance. Yes, he smiles on you and gives you his peace. And you, may you know the joy of reconciliation when it happens. And may he cause you to know grace that you have in spite of it being thrown back in your face. And may you know when to make room for Jesus in each situation and when to step in and fill the gap. Amen? Because we're no longer slaves to fear. We're children of God. We're